And I am hype right now. Got a lot of rest. Went to the gym. If you want to be as hype as me, get a lot of rest once in a while. And go to the gym, man. Go to the gym. Uh, listen. Thank you to everybody, you know, that that uh, that came through yesterday, hit me up in the comments saying nice things and, and helped me out. And yes, I am dealing with something that is not fun to deal with, but all you can really do is stay focused, keep your mind right. And, uh, you know, right now, for those that know what's going on right now, it's just a just a waiting game it sucks but it is what it is so we gotta do what we gotta do to keep the clock ticking and uh you know sports talk is is what i do man sports talk is what i do yeah uh adrian griffin that is not an intro you're absolutely right all right we got a lot of things to talk about i was you know not focused the last couple days dealing with something so there's some things I didn't get to talk about. And then today, I feel like the NBA news rumors, NBA Central, Sixers, uh, the Wizards, uh, some stuff about James Harden. Uh, I want to comment on the Doc Rivers stuff that he, you know, the comments that he had the other day because I'm dealing with a narcissist right now. And Doc Rivers is one of those too. So it's very relatable. Um And, you know, there's some other things we're going to get into. Shout out to everyone in here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, the platform that I have that allowed me to get some things done, I I, I appreciate you guys for helping me. I appreciate, you know, I, I don't take the, the thing, I don't take it for granted. I'm blessed to, you know, I worked hard to get here to build the following that I have, but I'm also blessed to have the following that I have, and a lot of people could be in a similar situation and not be able to reach out and, and, you know, do what we did yesterday. So I appreciate it, and I'm blessed, and I won't take it for granted. Um, and, you know, be a father, man. Boys need fathers. Let's talk sports. Let's not – we're not going there. We're, we're doing this to – we're doing this to keep the clock ticking and, and, and keep the mind focused and keep moving forward. We're not going there. But yeah, thank you, thank you, Orlando. Thank you to everybody. All right, let's get let's get down to it. Five takes in the chat, man. Five takes in the chat. Let's do it. Let's do it the way we always do it, man. Five takes in the chat. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, uh, it's unlikely, random gamer. It's unlikely, but you can find. But if you can find a way to bring in Beal without giving up Maxi. Then you got to do it. Well, random gamer, my dude, subscriber, uh, and, and playback TV subscriber, watch along. You've been there. Shout out to you. Thanks for rocking with me as long as you've been rocking with me. But uh, it's not going to take Maxi to get Bradley Beal up out of Washington. The Washington Wizards want to get rid of that contract, and it, it might be the point where, you know, that's really their only interest at this point with Bradley Beal is to get rid of that contract. So it's it's I, I would say it's a hundred percent not gonna cost Tyrese Maxey. Uh it, it might be a lot less than than people think it is. And check this out right here. Brian Windhorse on ESPN. If Bradley Beal gets traded between now and next Thursday, I think people are going to be very surprised at the price and potentially how low it's going to be. Because his contract is not attractive. His contract just went into effect this past season. It is the worst contract in the NBA. And when he's 33 years old, uh, whatever team has the contract is going to owe him $57 million in one year. In one year, man. 
Shout out to these guys for getting their money, man. I, I, I will probably never know what it's like to get $57 million in one year. Uh, if one day I get 570000 in one year, that would be insane, and I would feel like a rich person. So I, don't, I can't even fathom the amount of money that is $57 million in one year. But yeah, uh, I don't think Bradley Beal is going to cost that much at all, really. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying the Sixers should go get Bradley Beal and he's going to deliver you a championship. I'm just saying if you're in win-now mode, it's tough. It's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. A lot of things depend on it. A A lot of... It depends on a lot of things, I'm trying to say. Uh, including Harden walking or staying and, and all kinds of things like that. But, you know, uh, let's do some more takes in the chat. I'm sorry. I'm rambling, man. I got a lot of energy right now. I feel great. Uh, the jo- uh, Let's see. What else we got here? Um, yo, DJ Hope all is well. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, maidenless. We don't need Beal. Don't get me wrong, but he can't stay healthy, and Joel can't stay healthy. We cannot have a playoff series where both are out due to injury. Got to pass on him. Well, that's maybe why we should have passed on Harden, too, because, you know, you're right. You can't have two players that aren't healthy. But at the end of the day, even with Bradley Beal, if the Sixer, if, if Joel Embiid's not healthy, the Sixers are done. You know, so uh, I'm not saying you're trying to do this, but a lot of times people try to do this thing where they're like, you know, Joel's not healthy, so we got to find a backup center or we got to do this, this, or that because Joel might not be healthy. To me, it's like it's like a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. If Joel Embiid is not healthy, you are not winning. <laughs> You're not winning, bro. You know what I mean? It's like when uh, Mark Sanchez, you know, a backup quarterback in the NFL, I always use this example. He'll, he'll be good for two or three games. But at the end of the day, the truth comes to light. You need you need your starter, you know? So you're not winning without Joel Embiid anyway. So I don't think you can really enter a season or build a roster with the mindset, you know, that this we can't have this player because we have another player that might be injured. If Joel Embiid's injured his whole career and the Sixers never win, that just is what it is. But you got to go into the season, I think, blindly just hoping that he's healthy. There's nothing else you can do. There's nothing else you can do. You have to just hope that he's healthy. That's just all you can really do. And you have to, I think you have to prepare for him being healthy. You know, that's just really the only way to do it. Hey, my man, shout out to you. Thanks for being a member of the channel. Thanks for always supporting the channel. I seen an interview with Howard Eskin. He called Daryl Morey a fraud and said that he's stealing money. I agree 100%. Why did Howard Eskin call Daryl Morey a fraud? That wasn't very nice. Howard is... He's very, uh, you know, condescending with the questions that he asks. And you can tell when he asks Daryl Moore a question, Daryl just is already kind of smiling and is like, dude, here we go with Howard Eskin again. But, uh, you know, I don't know why he called him a fraud. I mean, we'll see. You know, I think Daryl Moore has done some things that people thought were not possible. Came in here, flipped the Al Horford situation for Danny Green. Uh, you know, he had to get out of the Ben Simmons situation. He turned that into James Harden. Yeah. Did he give up too much? I think he gave up way too much. Well, if Harden walks and it's definitely a L in that department, I think even though Ben wasn't playing, but you didn't have to give up players plus first round picks or second round picks, whatever it was. No, he gave up two future firsts for Harden. Yeah. I think he gave up way too much for Harden, but I still think the verdict's out on Daryl Morey. I don't think we really know yet, you know? We'll know in the next year or two what the verdict really is on on, on uh, Daryl Morey. Uh, what else we got? Rob R., what up, man? At this stage, what can Beal do that Maxi can't apart from being a slightly better playmaker? Nothing. I don't think Bradley Beal can do anything that Maxi can't. I personally don't think you would be bringing in Bradley Beal to replace a Tyrese Maxi, right? I don't think the Sixers are going to do it anyway, and we're going to talk about that. But I'm just saying, you know, if you were... I think the Sixers are trying to clear up cap space. So the Bradley Beal thing is that's not clearing up cap space. Obviously, you'd be getting off of the Tobias Harris contract, but you'd be adding a contract that has like four more years on it and an an absurd amount of money. 
So it's probably not going to happen anyway. But I'm just saying, if you were like, you know, forget the cap space we're trying to win now. Uh, we get rid of Tobias. Uh, we bring in Beal. And then we got, you know, Maxi, Beal, and Bede. If Harden stays, then I don't know. Harden, Maxi, Beal, and Bede, is that even possible with the with the cap? Probably not. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but here, let's just start there, okay? Thank you guys for the support. Thank you for the super chats. I appreciate you. Let's start there. Justin, the Washington Wizards and Bradley Beal will work together to find a trade for the three-time All-Star if the team elects to reset the roster in the near future. League sources tell me and Joshua B. Robbins, whoever that is. Uh, I'll say this. Finally! Finally! The funniest part is, shout out to my guy, uh, Trill Bro Dude, you know ball podcast. He said on Twitter, it's hilarious that the Washington Wizards refused to tank, refused to tank so much that they elected to sign Bradley Beal to this massive contract. And now they're accepting that it's over, it's going nowhere, and they're committing to a full rebuild. After the Wembenyama draft, Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, Bradley Miller, there's some ballers out here. The Wizards are going to be rebuilding in possibly one of the worst draft classes in a long time. So they screwed themselves hard. You know what I mean? But it's, it's wild because it's one of those things. I mean, I'm expecting to hear the same thing about Damian Lillard pretty soon. It's one of those things that it felt like it was never going to happen. It felt like this guy keeps re-signing for max money. This team sucks every year. <laughs> sucks, bro. They brought in Russell Westbrook and, and, and Kyle Kuzma and whoever the hell else they brought in. They suck every year. And it was like, when are they going to finally trade Bradley Beal? And they, and they waited so long and they signed him to such a stupid, extreme contract that now they're not even going to get to trade him for anything of value. <laughs> Bro, how in the world? How in the world are Washington Wizards fans still going to the damn arena? How? It's crazy. The Sixers, maybe the process failed. We tanked for three years, but we knew there was like a plan, I guess, at the end, and we got Joel Embiid out of it, and we had hope for these things, and maybe that failed altogether. But, you know, it could be worse. There's some teams out there with no plan whatsoever. And <laughs> the Sixers are almost there, by the way. But, you know, it's funny. The Wizards had to trade. This might be the Sixers in a couple years, actually. Right here. This might be the Sixers in a couple years trading Joel Embiid way too late uh, with no cap space and won't be able to get any value for him. And so that could be us. But at least I guess we still have Tyrese Maxey moving forward, which is why he's untradeable. By the way, this is not whiskey. This is uh, herbal green tea. And it's delicious. Um, all right, yeah, let's let's continue. So uh, what else did I have here? Okay, here's a mock trade from, from Bobby Marks, okay, on ESPN, which, you know, whatever. It's the offseason. They're giving me stuff to talk about. The mock trade that Bobby Marks gives, uh, gives us for Bradley Beal. And all I'm saying is that if you um, wanted to say, let's go all in, and I really, really think, you know, Bradley Beal being the scorer that he is, yeah, he was, his scoring was down, you know, the last year or two. Uh, but in 2021, he averaged 31 points per game on, on efficient shooting. Uh, if, if you would think, that Bradley Beal opens up your championship window, and then, you know, you even have him for years forward. He's only 29 also, you know what I mean? Uh, you would even have him for years maybe to move forward and pair him with Tyrese Maxey for the next four or five years. Who knows, you know? Uh, but if they did feel like that, here's the trade that Bobby Marks throws out. Tobias Harris, Furkan, Korkmaz, and a 2030 top 10 protected first. And I got news for you, man. If this is all the Wizards get, for Bradley Beal, that would be embarrassing. Embarrassing. If this is all they get for Bradley Beal, that would be embarrassing. Um, but, you know, at the same time, to be worth the money that he's making right now. But also, we do this every year, I think. 
We do this every year. Every year, the cap space goes up. Every year, players get bigger and bigger and bigger contracts. I mean, you're starting to see, uh, you know, soccer players make almost a billion dollars on a contract. You're starting to see golfers. Shout out to, you know, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you're starting to see astronomical contracts. So by the time Bradley Beal's making that $50 million in four years, maybe it's not even that crazy. It's it's crazy to people like us who have to go to work and <laughs> and fifty million dollars. It, it sounds sounds just unrealistic, but uh, maybe fifty million dollars in four years isn't actually that crazy when it comes down to it. We do this every year. I remember a couple years when T.J. McConnell signed like a ninety million dollar contract in in uh, Indiana, and we were like, "What?" I remember when Matthew Delavadova signed a hundred million dollar contract, bro. We thought that was insane. So I'm just saying that, but. There's a mock trade by Bobby Marks. Uh, if I'm the Sixers, I am not doing it. I'm not interested because I'm interested in the holes that are in the roster still outside of the top talent. You know, I think the Sixers' main issue last year and the year before was their top. They're top heavy, bro. They're top heavy. You know what I mean? We got that we got the we got Pamela Anderson in the 90s. That's what the Sixers are. They're top heavy. You know, we're Dolly Parton of of the NBA. You got to even it out. We need proportion here. You know what I mean? When you look at the at the scale at the roster and you look at the contracts, it's it was Tobias Harris at this much money, Joel Embiid, uh James Harden, and then the next player was like Furkan Korkmaz. At $5 million a year, whatever it was, uh, uh, P.J. Tucker at $11 million, whatever. Just saying, we've been top-heavy. I'm not interested in this because I'm interested in the Sixers filling out their roster, building a deep, strong roster, and to do that, you need to give about three or four players contracts equal to the contract of Bradley Beal. It's almost getting to the point where I don't think you can build a deep, strong team when you're paying one guy the way you're paying Bradley Beal. You know, I'm more interested in a Denver Nuggets approach. You know, obviously they just won a championship. Build a team the right way. Now they built the team through the draft and trades. And I mean, even the Aaron Gordon thing was genius and and taking a chance on Michael Porter Jr. in the draft and uh, drafting Jamal Murray in 2016. He's so much better than Ben Simmons. It's unbelievable. So we missed on the draft all the time and they, they hit on the draft a lot. And some good trades. Uh, but I think you can fill out a roster and build a, a deep, strong team, you know, moving forward. And I don't think uh, I don't think trading for Bradley Beal's contract is the right way to go. So I personally am out on it, okay? That's where I'm at. Now, Bradley Beal, uh, I do want to say this. Is Bradley Beal as bad as his numbers looked last year? I don't think he is, right? He averaged he, he was 23... 20, uh, 23.2 points per game last year, and you're saying, wow, he's on such a massive contract. How, you know, that's a terrible number. And it is. And the year before, he only played 40 games, and he was on, you know, 23 points per game. But the couple years before that, man, you know, 31.3 points per game on 60 games played, 30.5 points per game on 57 games played. Uh, when he was playing with John Wall, 25 points, 22. So I think Beal can, if he's healthy, can give you a 25 points per game playing alongside a Joel Embiid and a Tyrese Maxey, uh, who knows if Harden's there, whatever it is. So I don't think that he's 23 points per game on bad efficiency uh, type of player that everyone's kind of making him out to be right now. Everyone's saying Bradley Beal's trash. Look at his, you know, look at his uh, points per game. But really, the Wizards are garbage. They've been garbage. Does Bradley Beal even care anymore about playing in Washington? I don't know. But I think when he was invested, when he was decently healthy, and he felt like the team was good. He was averaging, you know, almost 32 points per game. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I just wanted to throw that out there. And here is uh, the contract of Bradley Beal signed in 2023. Uh, $43 million a year. Next year, he'll make $46 million. In 2025, he'll make 50. In 2026, he'll make 53. And in 2027, he has a player option for $57 million. So he could maybe be on his way out of the NBA and be like, yeah. I'm going to opt in. I'm going to opt into that $57 million. <laughs> That's crazy. According to John Clark, 
It is my understanding the Sixers probably will not be a suitor for Bradley Beal. He has a big contract for a lot of money with the new CBA with aprons that does not allow for much flexibility for roster building. And Sixers believe Tyrese Maxey can be an all-star caliber player. Yeah! Yeah, that's where I'm at with it, man. That's where I'm at with it. Um, I think I'm right on par with this. Again, I, 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 I... if you wanted to, I wouldn't say it was the worst thing in the world, but I don't think it's the right thing to do because I think they need to build out their roster and pay more guys to have a deeper team. And I love the fact that he points out the Sixers believe Tyrese Maxey can be an all-star caliber player. I think Daryl Morey has believed that since he drafted him. Uh, he refused to trade him for Kyle Lowry the first time around. He refused to trade him for ben, for uh, for James Harden the first time around. Uh, so I don't think... Daryl Morey's, you know, interested in in a trading Tyrese Maxey this year at all, but I don't think he's interested in putting another ball dominant player next to him either. Uh, if I really had to guess, my guess would be that he's interested in bringing Harden back on a smaller deal. He's interested in uh, Maxey taking a leap forward next season, and he's interested in using the Tobias Harris contract to trade it and flip it and do all kinds of other things to have some money to spend. That's what I think. Now, speaking of, let me check out, let me check out what's going on in the chat here, bro. What are you guys, what are you guys' opinions on this? What are you guys' opinions on this, man? What do we got? What are you guys' opinions on this? Uh, what about trade for Duncan Roberson? <laughs> what? Robinson, and he's on a $90 million contract and can't play any defense, so no thanks. Uh, I mean, I don't hate Duncan Robinson, but I don't think the Sixers can afford him really if they're try- w- with what I think they're trying to do. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, I trade Tobias for Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think Kyle Kuzma's maybe slightly better than Tobias Harris, but I don't think that. I don't think that does much for you. Plus, I'm. I'm already tired of watching James Harden walk into the arena dressed like he's at a runway show in London, so I don't really want to... I don't want to add Kyle Kuzma to that. (laughs) A says no to Bradley Beal. Maxie in five years will be better than both Beal and Dame. You might be right. That's what... You know, I... Look, people are allowed to believe whatever they want to believe. I just don't really like when people say Maxi's not a player that leads you to a championship. I'm like, bro, how do you know that? They were saying the same thing about Steph Curry in his third year. He averaged 14 points per game. You don't have a crystal ball. So we don't know what Tyrese Maxi can look like in five years. But what we do know is that if we look at what he looked like in year one versus year two and year two versus year three, there's no reason for us to not expect him to continue to develop at a, at a rapid rate. You know what I mean? Y'all swear Maxi is God. He's a star as a third option, but not a franchise player. Again, Phil, I, I don't I just don't think you can make that assessment. Uh I just don't I don't know how you make that assessment. How do you make that assessment? What was Bradley Beal doing in his third year in the league? What, what was he doing? You know, people were calling him a star player two years ago. What was he doing in his third year? Let's look at it actually. Uh, 2014, Bradley Beal averaged 15 points per game. You see how subjective that is? Bradley Beal averaged 15 points per game in his third year in the NBA. So people were probably saying, Bradley Beal is not a star. Bradley Beal's you can't build a franchise around Bradley Beal. He's not a star. Then he goes, boom, 30 points per game, 31 points per game. People were like, Bradley Beal's a star. And he goes back to 23, and Bradley Beal's washed. You understand what I'm saying? Everything's subjective. Everything's There's so many different factors and things like that, bro. I just don't think you can make that assessment at, at somebody that's uh, on somebody that's, that's 22 years old. That's what I'm saying. Uh, interesting, interesting right here. Speaking of the James Harden thing, and I want to talk about uh, where where's my mom. Yeah, because John Clark said something that I found interesting, too, about the James Harden situation. Um, but before, you know, Brad O, my guy Brad O, NBA, had him on the channel talking about James Harden. Uh, he tweets this, and this is a quote 
from a source from phillysportsnetwork.com. And in the article, it says uh, hard, the role James Harden had in Doc Rivers' dismissal. James Harden was so passionate about Doc Rivers being dismissed that he made it clear that a future with both of them in Philadelphia was simply not possible. So I ha- this, this, this gives me fear because I said before that Daryl Morey's obsessed with James Harden. James Harden's the only, uh, you know, James Harden basically made Daryl Morey's career. Daryl Morey kind of made James Harden's career. It works hand in hand. Not technically, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and, you know, I have a fear that Daryl Morey is just going to refuse to give up on James Harden and is going to continue to do everything for James Harden. But the the Nick Nurse thing is interesting. Um, but, uh... You know, according to a source close to the situation, Harden met with Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers shortly after Game 7. During this interaction, Harden vehemently expressed his disapproval of Rivers as the team's head coach moving forward. He was so passionate about Rivers being dismissed that he made it clear that a future with both of them in Philadelphia was simply not possible. It should be noted that Joel Embiid was not present for, was not present for this interaction. James Harden is an an egomaniac, okay? There's a lot of them. We're dealing with a lot of them. But James Harden is an egomaniac because if the way that he played in Game 6 and Game 7, he then went into a meeting with the GM and the coach, and he was that passionate about Doc Rivers being dismissed, that tells me that James Harden, and I'm not saying Doc Rivers is a great coach by any means. I think he's one of them. I think he's the most overrated coach in the history of the NBA. But James Harden stunk in Game Seven, stunk, and he went in there and said, "Listen, I want Doc fired, and if Doc's not fired, I'm out. I'm out." Me and Doc Rivers cannot work together in the future. I just think it's very, uh, like, bro, you're kind of demanding a lot. and it was, It's very self-righteous of a player that just absolutely sucked ass in a playoff game. You know what I mean? Let me remind you, outside of the two 40-point games James Harden had, one because, you know, he went to Vegas and got some lap dances and felt all, you know, young Harden, and then the other one, uh, you know, he, I don't know how that, where the hell that one came from, but outside of that, two 40-point games in that playoff series. Five other games, he went 16 for 68. Thirteen points per game. 17 turnovers and was a minus 63. And he went in there and demanded the coach be fired. That's an ego that hasn't won anything in the NBA. I need you to understand this. Hasn't won anything in the NBA. Everything in Houston was built around James Harden. They they freaking scheduled flights. The, the times and days that he wanted them to be scheduled based around his favorite nightclubs in certain cities. That's a real thing. The universe was centered around James Harden for 10 years, and he loved every second of it. And it never won anything. Look how these teams are playing. Denver, Miami, Boston. Whoever else. A lot of teams ended up not being as good as we thought they were uh, in the playoffs. But look at the, the, the at least the best team, the championship team. Look at how they're playing. Do they do they center the universe around one guy? No. It works perfectly because Nikola Jokic is a very good passing center. Maybe the best passing center ever. But that system in Houston did not work, and it was never going to work. And it's not going to work here. James Harden got Doc Rivers fired, and I fear now that, uh, you know, 
Daryl Morey fired Doc Rivers because James Harden told him to fire Doc Rivers, and that means that James Harden's coming back. And now John Clark says this, an NBA league source tells me the desired outcome for the Sixers is to still do a deal with James Harden that makes sense in the short and long term for both sides. So let's add it all together. Let's put two and two together here. Let's put four and four together here. James gets Doc fired. Daryl fires him. And it's because he wants James to come back. Obviously, he loves James Harden. Uh, I think Daryl's probably having uh, conversations and disagreements and arguments with ownership about the money. There might be some conflict with Nick Nurse in the whole situation because James Harden's style of play and the style that he wants to play basketball, the freedom to play how I want is definitely not a Nick Nurse thing. So that's an interesting dynamic. If James can agree to play in a system for less money, yeah, sure. It better be a two-year deal with a team option. And he better understand, you know, you're in a system. The whole thing's not going to be centered around you. We're not going to iso ball you 20 times a game so you can drive the lane and tumble out of bounds. We're not doing that. I don't know. I, I, he's, he's not a catch-and-shoot player. I don't think James Harden fits Nick Nurse's style of play at all. It's predicated on ball movement, ball sharing, and catching and shooting. That's not James Harden's style of ball at all. And speaking of that, Doc Rivers comments on uh, James Harden. Let me get to it real quick because it, it, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting. Because Doc Rivers is also a narcissistic maniac. All right. So, you know, he gets fired and you've heard Doc Rivers defend his coaching career before. You've heard Doc Rivers, you know, make excuses for every single blown lead that he's ever had. And look, the Orlando Magic team we had wasn't that good. And the Boston Celtics team, this or that, and the Clippers team didn't believe in each other, and the Sixers team, oh, there's always an excuse. There's all, it's always somebody else's fault. It's never Doc Rivers' fault. I'm telling you, bro, I had a video a year ago titled Doc Rivers the Narcissist, and it's an absolute fact. And him and Ben Simmons were, were the worst two to put together in a room because they couldn't ever look in the mirror. I think James Harden looks in the mirror a little bit more than both of those two guys. I think Joel Embiid needs to look in the mirror. Doc Rivers has never looked in a mirror in his life. Um, you know, which is why he has his hair tattooed on because they just put it on there and he just rolled out. He never looked in the mirror. Rivers on <laughs> Hold on, let's get to Rivers on James Harden, bro. Uh all right. Doc Rivers on what went wrong in game six loss to the Boston Celtics. Did he did he well, we'll go we'll get into that. But here. Doc Rivers on coaching James Harden while we're on the James Harden topic, okay? It was challenging, more because we were fighting two things and not like visually fighting. It was James is so good at playing one way, not, not so much anymore. And the way I believe you have to play to win in some ways is different because it's a lot of giving up the ball, moving the ball, and coming back to the ball. Doc, come on, bro. You are flat out. You're a flat out liar, dude. You are a flat-out liar. What are you talking about? You didn't even have a system. You just put the ball out there. You iso Joel the whole game. You iso hard in the whole game. That's That was your system. And if, if your system wasn't that, then why don't you just tell James Harden, hey, play within my system or this ain't going to work out or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Doc says, I would have loved to have him younger when that was easier for him because giving up the ball and getting back to the ball is hard. <laughs> this guy's insane, bro. Uh, it's physical. It's exhausting. So he's admitting that James Harden wasn't in the shape it takes to play basketball at a high level, which I agree. Uh, so it would have been interesting, which is, and people are going to say, oh, he had a 45-point game. Yeah, I'm talking about the endurance. Like it, Being in shape is different than just dropping 45 in one game. We need you to show up for all seven. Uh, it would have been interesting if I would have had him younger where he could have done that more. 
I don't even know what the hell that means. Coming off of dribble handoffs, going downhill, he didn't finish as well as he finished because he's older and that happens. This is so weird for a coach to say. So, yeah, at times to get him to move it and get him to play the way I needed him to play, I thought the first half of the year we were the best team in the game. I thought James was playing perfect basketball. He was a point guard of the team. He was still scoring, but he was doing more playmaking than end scoring. Then in the second half, he started scoring more, trying to score more, and I thought we got stagnant at times. I thought we changed. Again, you know, Doc Rivers talking about a team that he coached in a perspective not of a head coach. Like, he's talking about the team like he wasn't there. He's literally assessing the 76ers like he was a guy sitting in the in the stands. I thought this happened, and then I thought this happened, and then this where in where did you try to change any of this? We where was your coaching at? You know what I mean? The guy's a maniac. The guy's an absolute maniac. But yeah, I uh, I think there's some truth to you know James Harden wants to play his own style of ball. Uh, I think there's probably some truth to him and Doc Rivers had some disagreements, which is why James wanted him fired. Um, but you know if if he's saying that like look James wants to play the game one way. And the way I believe you have to win is is giving up the ball, moving the ball, and coming back to the ball. That's how Nick Nurse coaches the game. So if James couldn't do that under Doc Rivers, he can't do it under Nick Nurse, right? How's this going to work? If James comes back and wants to play James Harden basketball, how's it going to work under Nick Nurse? I need to know. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And I don't think, I don't think Nick Nurse is a coach that bends to a player's uh, you know, requests like that. I, I think he's won championships in multiple leagues. Uh, and because he's, you know, been hard nosed and said, this is, this is how we're playing the game and you need to fit in the system or it ain't going to work out, you know? So there's my thoughts on, on, on the, the docs comments on James Harden, James Harden, uh, possibly coming back and all that kind of things. Here's what Doc Rivers said about what went wrong in the Game 6 loss. Uh, when I look back at that game, because that would decide a right basketball-wise, we got to get the ball to Joel. <laughs> yeah, Joel didn't touch the basketball in the last four minutes of the game, and the Sixers collapsed and inevitably lost and blew a 3-2 lead. And, you know, uh, we got to get the ball more to Joel. We came out in plays where it should have gone there, and it just didn't arrive there. And so there are big plays Joel was not having a great game, but neither was Jason Tatum. My belief is that, uh, my belief is that uh, you still gotta go to your guy and keep him letting save the day for you. I thought we went away from that, and then the second part is a fluky part. Uh, we gambled on a play somewhere, but I can't remember who it was. Maybe Max. I don't even know who it was. Went for a steal, didn't get it, and they gambled on Jason Tatum. Left him wide open. He made a corner in front of the Celtics bench, and that was. It takes these guys but one shot, and that was now he's on, and from that point, we were dead. <laughs> so Doc Rivers blames game six on Jason Tatum getting hot, and we were just we were just dead, you know. We were just dead. We should have got Joel the ball more, uh, but, you know, I called plays to get him the ball more. It just didn't go there. So, again, that wasn't my fault, you know. Nothing is Doc Rivers' fault ever. God, I'm so glad this guy's out of here, man. And this one's funny. Rivers on changing the culture around the Sixers. You can feel it through the organization and Elton Brand when he brought me in. That's what he told me. This is not about just coaching this team. We're bringing you in here to change the culture. Well, you didn't change anything. You you stepped in. I, this is why I don't understand. I don't understand how it was clear. When we hired Doc Rivers, we were like, hey, listen, man. We have a point guard who won't shoot a basketball. If we get him to shoot a basketball, he can be the next LeBron James. He won't shoot it. How did they not even say that in a meeting? Doc Rivers came in here day one like he was totally caught off guard, like they like he didn't meet with anyone before he was hired, and he said, no, "I don't want him to shoot. I don't care if he shoots the ball." And then he argued with you know the media and the fans for a whole year about Ben Simmons not shooting the ball. Unbelievable, but yeah, apparently uh, Elton Brand wanted him to change the culture. Well, he didn't change anything about the culture. Uh, trainers, equipment managers, everybody. Uh, if you're not on board, you're not trying to win, and that's why you're not brilliant. For me, it's time to go, and I meant that with everybody in the organization overall, I thought we were starting to get it done. <laughs> we were starting to get it done. You lost three years in a row in the same way Brett Brown lost. You didn't do anything in three years. 
you can see the change in the culture, and so I think the growth of that is there. I think they no what. Bro, this was the most laziest, lackluster, uninterested, unathletic, out of shape team we've seen in a long time. What did you change about the culture, Doc Rivers? You made it worse. That's what you did. You didn't even make dudes go to practice. You were worse than Brett Brown, straight up. I'm going to say that. You're a better basketball X's and O's guy than Brett Brown, maybe. But you were worse coach than Brett Brown. I'm dead serious saying that. I'm dead serious. Uh, You got to worry about the basketball part. Uh, I had a big part in that, and now the grow from there, it still has to get... <laughs> he thinks he grew the culture. Doc Rivers thinks he grew the culture in Philadelphia. That's insanity. That is insanity, man. Doc Rivers thinks he grew the culture in Philadelphia. That is just... Wow. Uh, and now, you know, Doc Rivers also comments on what Joel Embiid has to do. Uh, number one, he has to be healthy. Yeah, we know that. Well, you, you let him sit around all summer, and then you guys blamed it on plantar fasciitis. And if it was that, you would have told us that in the beginning, but you didn't tell us that in the beginning. You waited until Joel looked like shit the first couple of games, and you were like, oh, yeah, by the way, he didn't do anything all offseason because he was playing. So you're lying, and you're a liar. And you were lying, and you're still lying, and you're a liar. Okay? Uh, and the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two for Joe is he's got to make all his players better in the playoffs and Joe his numbers are unfair because he's really if you look at his numbers in the last three years in the playoffs compared to his regular season numbers they're not very good but a lot of that is due the first year I had him he hurt his knee the next year he hits his face and tears the ligament in his hand then this year yeah he's injured all the time we agree with that uh, also his numbers are not good in the playoffs because the system has never been good uh, and you know, it's always teams throwing the kitchen sink at Joel Embiid and, and nothing ever really happening around him. Look at all the cutting and moving and ball sharing uh, on some of these winning NBA teams. And, you know, the Sixers under Doc Rivers had some of the least off-ball movement in the history in the last 25 years. And, like, Brett Brown's teams had double the off-ball movement. So, you know, a lot of it is that, too. So a lot of it is you coaching, Doc Rivers. So thankfully you're gone, but... Uh, and a lot of it is that Joel Embiid just clams up in the playoffs, man. He doesn't go as hard as he does in the regular season. He, does, he he loses confidence, and he straight up this year played like a bitch in the last couple games, man. I'm just going to keep it a buck. He played like a bitch. You know what I mean? Played like a bitch in game six. He played like a bitch in game seven. You know? There was times where he had Marcus Smart on him. There was times where he had Malcolm Brogdon on him. Wouldn't take him to the rim. He played like a bitch. So let's get Nick Nurse in here and look Joel and be dead in the face and say, stop playing like a bitch. All right? Stop playing like a bitch. Go dominate. If you start, if you start getting call, if you start getting uh, called for offensive fouls, then then okay, take it easy. But until then, you're not trying to dominate, bro. You're giving the ball up when Malcolm Brogdon's guarding you. Give me a break. Anyway, that's you know. Doc also says, uh, then the second thing is Joe has to has the ability. I stayed on him daily. He has the ability to make his teammates better. And when he does it, if you look at our games this year, when he did that and dominated, it's hard to go away from Joel Embiid. It really is. Uh, you know, I got to be honest with you guys. I'm not really interested in reading anything else that Doc Rivers said. <laughs> Dude, you know, that shit sucks, man. That sucks. And... Speaking of, you know, Doc Rivers' comments on James Harden and how, like, I was trying to tell James to play one way and James wanted to play the other way, and that's why this went down. Uh, my guy Q Sims DM'd me a couple screenshots, and it's Doc Rivers saying two different things. Check this out. James Harden in Philadelphia will not be chasing scoring titles and dominating the game in quite the same way. He's been asked to be more of a facilitator, but not too much of one. Doc Rivers told ESPN NBA Today this was before, you know, they or right when James Harden got here. Doc Rivers said, I think we've talked so much about him being a facilitator. I need him to be James Harden too. If I had to combine, I would say scoring Magic Johnson. I don't know, but that's what I want him to be. I want him to be a James Harden, but in that, I want him to also be the facilitator of this basketball team. So in a lot of ways, his role is growing bigger for our team, and I just want him to keep thinking. This is like, you know what I mean? Like This makes me think of... Those first four games before Doc Rivers' system was implemented, when James Harden showed up and they were just balling out and there was no system, he looked incredible. 
and then Doc Rivers, I want you to play this way, and then I want you to play this way, and then I, I want you to be James Harden, but I want you to be a facilitator, but I want you to be a facilitator, but I want you to score, but I want you to be this, but I want you to be that. Same thing he did to Tyrese Maxey, you know? I know you can score, but every shot that you take is a shot that, 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 that uh, Tobias Harris could have. Some dumb shit like that. So he says he wants James to be more facilitator, right? Then as the then this comes out, Doc Rivers wants Harden to shoot more and fit in less. Harden's 32.9 assist game against the Bucks came on the heels of pregame conversation with Rivers, during which the coach encouraged James Harden to shoot more. <laughs> which is it, Doc? You're a liar, bro. You are a liar. That's what you are. <laughs> Doc Rivers is the biggest liar I've ever seen, bro. Well, he's one of the biggest liars I've ever seen. I'm dealing with a, I'm dealing with a liar right now. Uh, but the truth always comes out, man. The truth always comes out. And then Nick Nurse, um, Nick Nurse had some comments on James Harden. And about his playoff performance, and uh, this is interesting because uh, I'm I'm interested, you know, on how James Harden and Nick Nurse are going to work together. You know, if Harden's coming back, if he's coming back on a smaller deal, how does it work? How does it work under Nick Nurse? You know, so here's Nick Nurse's comments. I haven't seen these yet. I would say there isn't a whole lot of guys that can do the performance, some of those performances that he did in the playoffs. Steph Curry had one. Jason Tatum had one. James had a couple. Nobody's doing that every night, nor should they or should they be expected to. Like Tyrese Maxey, he's got to take a level up. He's got to to play in some of those other games when those guys aren't firing or the game plan has changed or whatever to take those guys out a little more. Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker will be back. I mean, there's guys there around there that can help. Anthony Melton, you know, those guys got to do what some of these Nuggets guys are doing. Have some big-time performances in some, of the, in some of the playoff games as well. So at least Nick Nurse is looking at it like, hey, look, James isn't going to be dropping 40 every night. We got to maybe run a system that involves some other players. So I think Nick Nurse is, is, is already interested in making Tyrese Maxey a larger part of the offense. Uh, you know, whether James Harden comes back or not, um, so that was a, an interesting take on from Nick Nurse. Uh, Nick Nurse on meeting with James Harden. I met with him. Really good talk. You guys obviously know him and have talked to him quite a bit. He's an intelligent player. He's an intelligent. He sees a lot in the game. And when we talk about things, he's kind of the same, almost like he says, how do you see it? How do you see our team? What do you think of the playoffs? And just kind of start talking basketball, and he's very enjoyable to talk basketball with. Like I said, very, very smart. And that'll add a lot of experience, a lot of success, and I would say the same thing. I mean it. Harden and Embiid is oh, Harden and Embiid is a deadly inside-out combination. It is a deadly pick-and-roll combination, and just what other things we can do. What other areas of the offensive side can we do polish that make them even more efficient? Not in those kind of actions, but maybe other actions. You know? Oh my God! It's so nice to hear a coach say that. Nick Nurse looked at this offense and said, "All you guys did was pounded the pick-and-roll." And once a team took that away, you had no plan B. I was saying the whole season, what's the plan B, dude? So Nick Nurse says, what other areas of the offensive side can we do to polish that? Make them more efficient. Maybe other actions, you know? And then what's the best thing we can do defensively to max those guys out? So I think, you know, I don't think Nick Nurse sounds ecstatic about having James Harden back here next year. Uh, you know, we'll see if he, if he comes back. If he, if he doesn't... Um, but Nick Nurse sounds like, listen, if I do have James Harden back, we're not going to play Harden ball. We're going to use James Harden the way I think we should use him. And we're going to have a lot more options on offense, and we're going to have a lot more action running. Uh, you know? No. I have to, what, Was this a question? Why does it just say no? I have taken a firm stance on the Harden situation since the end of the Sixers playoff run. Okay, this is the writer saying he would I would absolutely I would I would absolutely no way I would resign James Harden to a long-term contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um he's seeking a four-year 200 million dollar contract. I, I don't I don't know if he's actually seeking that. Uh I'm the one that put that out on Twitter that and it exploded and people were contacting me like who's your source and I was like, "Bro, I just said that I thought that that's what he wants." <laughs> There was even a podcast 
Uh, Eric Snow's podcast, apparently. Believe in 76ers. Eric Snow, legendary Sixer uh, point guard. Played with Allen Iverson for a bunch of years. He, uh, they were talking about me on their podcast. They said, uh, you know, James Hard- uh, Sixers are leaning towards signing James Harden to a four-year $200 million contract. And he was like, uh, he was like, and this is from, you know, a reliable source. This guy, running back Philly, he wouldn't put something out there, you know, unless he did. Who told you that, bro? I have never in my life been a reliable source of information. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I say things that I think are funny. I say things that I think are entertaining. And sometimes if I'm like, you know, let's shake things up a little bit. I might drop something on Twitter a little bit, see if it lights a fire. (laughs) That one lit a fire. You know what's funny about fake reports is that all of these reports are fake. You know what I mean? It'll be like report, Shams reports that James Harden wants a four-year, $200 million contract. Then you click the article and read it, and it was just like Kendrick Perkins saying, I think James probably wants this. Like, all people are doing is sitting on a sports show, giving their opinion, and then it gets reported a million times on Twitter as a fact. So I figured I would start doing the same thing. (laughs) What does Brian Windhorst have that I don't? You know what I mean? Besides an amazing uh, physique. (laughs) Good Lord, man. Uh, it's your boy. What's going on, my man? Thanks for the support. Thank you for the super chat. Keep your head up, DJ Sticks. What you got to go through, but uh, make you stronger. Thanks, brother. We're fighting, man. It is what it is, you know. It is what it is. We're fighting, man. We're fighting. My man. For those that don't know, uh, you know, I'm fighting a, I'm fighting a, uh, a legal battle right now with my son's mother. Uh, once again been fighting it for seven years i'm going to continue to to fight it uh she's not getting away with what she's doing right now which is keeping him away from me for no reason whatsoever against a court order uh she's going to get in trouble it's just now going to take some time because we have to file with the courts and things like that so my main goal in in a situation like this is to stay away from drinking alcohol all right so that's what i'm doing so uh yeah 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 um. Anyway, what 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 else, man? What else? NBA Central went crazy today, man. If we want to go around the NBA, talk about some some NBA things. Uh, the Blazers aren't interested in trading Damian Lillard right now. Wow, they're really going to find themselves in a in a uh, Wizards Bradley Beal situation, man. <laughs> Damian Lillard has been talking on podcasts recently, basically. Almost saying, you know, uh, you know, we're about to we're about to start start we're about to make some things happen, you know, if the Blazers don't build a team really really quickly, the Blazers are still sitting back saying, nah, we're not trading him. Well, <laughs> good luck with that. You're not winning. He's not winning anything in Portland. Um, what are the odds, bro? What are the odds? I just said. All, all every report on the internet is fake all summer long. It's it's just people saying things. So when I say something, people are like, "You don't have a source." I'm like, "Bro, apparently Kendrick Perkins on ESPN is a source, and Kendrick Perkins is saying James Harden will sign with the Lakers." <laughs> so NBA Central, you know how it is, man. Just for the just for the shares and the retweets and the favorites, they just post a picture of James Harden and LeBron James and say Kendrick Perkins predicts James Harden will sign with the Lakers. That's Kendrick Perkins prediction. I mean, my point is DJ Eastwood can have the same. uh, I can say I predict James Harden signs with the Milwaukee Bucks. Why does it matter what I said or what Kendrick Perkins said? I don't know. It's a bunch of nonsense. There's no such thing as real reports anymore. Sorry. That's the way it is. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, when my time is up and I retire, there will be people that say I changed the game. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he was on the Patrick Beverly pod and saying that he's the best shooting big man of all time. 
and Patrick Beverly apparently said that Carl Anthony Towns uh, is the best big man in the game, and he played with him, and he played against Joel Embiid, and he played against Jokic, so he knows. So, so you know, Patrick Beverly knows. Um, but look, man, we're unfortunately we're in a clickbait era. It just is what it is. Um, everybody's making a podcast now, and their goal in making a podcast is to say something crazy that gets a lot of clicks, that gets a lot of shares, that in turn brings people back to the podcast where the advertisements are, where they make money off of it. I mean, you got you guys know this. You know what I mean? There's social media. Like people, k- kids are learning social media tactics in in college now. Like you, you can go to school to be a social media marketing professional. You know, this is just social media marketing at this point. Get a podcast, say something outlandish so that people are like, who the fuck said that? And then they, they go to your podcast and they're like, oh, this guy, you know, it, it, it's not, you know, there's entire departments. Like it's a, that's a pod. Pat Bev pod is a pod on, on Barstool, man, with my dude Roan. From Philly, shout out to him, legendary battle rapper. You know the drill. Um, but yeah, it's there's people in 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 office buildings working for Barstool. You know, coming up with ways to get people to listen to the Patrick Beverly podcast. <laughs> the Hornets are not trading the number two pick, and I don't think they should for anything um, unless it was a package that delivered them the number one pick. To be honest with you, where the Hornets are right now, and Lamelo Ball, hopefully, you know, not getting injured again this upcoming season. Lamelo Ball, when healthy, is an amazing young point guard. The Hornets should pair him with. Scoot Henderson, who they should pair him with. Uh, rumors are Brandon Miller might go number two. I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. I personally think it's crazy. I think Scoot Henderson's the guy at number two after Wembenyama. I might even go as far as saying Scoot Henderson should be number one because I would I would be scared of Wembenyama's build. I said it about Chet Holmgren. And I was right already. I said it about uh, 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 I said it about Chris Stapp's Porzingis, you know, years ago. And I was right. These guys that are seven foot five, they can't stay healthy. Wembenyama's out there playing like a guard at seven foot four. It's crazy. It's unseen. But I would fear that he's going to have health issues. Unfortunately. I would fear that. If I I'm just saying, I'm not trying to wish injury upon anybody. I'm saying if I was in charge of an NBA franchise and I had the number one pick, I would fear Wembenyama's uh future health. And I might consider drafting Scoot Henderson, who's more of a prototypical, you know, six seven t- absolute tank of an NBA wing. Unfortunately, when the Sixers were tanking all of those years, there was never one of those guys. There was never one of those guys. There was Jalen Brown, but he wasn't really talked about like that as being that high in the draft. There just wasn't any of those guys at the top of the draft when we were up there. You know, it was always a center for some reason. Jalil Okafor, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, who won't shoot the ball. Um... So it's unfortunate because if the Sixers, you know, could have gotten like an Anthony Edwards or a Scoot Henderson or a Jalen Brown uh, in in all of those tanking years, it would have been nice. But they couldn't do it, man. They couldn't do it, and the process is what it is. The Boston Celtics are not interested in Bradley Beal. Their main priority is to extend Jalen Brown, man. The the Washington Wizards are. Because the Washington Wizards did not trade Bradley Beal at his highest when he had 30, when he was, before he signed this major contract and he had that season where he scored 30 points per game, they could have just traded him right then and gotten so much value for him. But they signed him to an unbelievable contract and then he had two off years and now they're trying to trade him. Now they're trying to trade him. Scoot Henderson is 6'2? Bro, he looks like a tank. He can't be 6'2". Come on, A. How tall is Scoot Henderson? Scoot 
Scoot Henderson is shorter than Tyrese Maxey? What? What? Bro, I'm, I'm blown away right now. I guess I've never, I guess I didn't think about like, I guess I never saw him next to other players. I guess I've only really ever watched him. Nah, but I watched him dunk on that dude, bro. That's wild. I I would have I would have said at least six five. <laughs> I would have said at least six five, man. That's crazy. Scoot Henderson is six two. Bro, I'm blown away by that. I'm blown away by that, bro. I'm absolutely blown away by that. This guy's six two. He looks like a tank. That's wild. I, I didn't know he was 6'2". <laughs> That's crazy. He is definitely muscular. Um, I can't believe he's 6'2". That's nuts. Uh, here I am. I thought he was... Like, look, I see pictures like this. You know, him next to Zion Williamson. Like, I guess I've never really seen a picture of him or a video of him next to an NBA player. Like, he looks, I get, I mean, these aren't even, they're not even in the same space right here. It's two separate photos, but just, you know, I, if you're just scrolling around all the time and seeing Scoot Henderson stuff, I just assumed he was like 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". 6'2". That's wild, bro. That's wild. Ants in my eyes, Johnson. Hey, bro, I missed out on the GoFundMe. This is my contribution. Camp. I appreciate you, my guy. I appreciate you. We got it done. We got it done, man. You know, we got it done. We got it done. Um, we got it done. Uh, you know, and this time, this time, this time we are requesting attorney fees from the other party. So, you know, I racked up thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in lawyer fees fighting this. And oh, we got it done. Uh, pull up LaMelo's new haircut. <laughs> Why? Bro, he's 6'2". That's crazy. Uh, all right, Lamelo's new haircut. Is it just gonna is it just gonna be there if I type Lamelo ball? No! What? No! Nah, they're that's they're joking, bro. They're joking, bro. He's getting his haircut. And the barber did like the half cut. And they were like, let's take a picture real quick and fuck with everybody. There's no way. Bro, I'm, you know what, bro? <laughs> Listen, I used to work outside of Lancaster, bro. There's a lot of uh a lot of Amish down in there. This, this is what that is. This that Amish cut, bro. This that this is that back of the horse barn. You know, uh, 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 I don't know what they cut it with a machete. <laughs> nah, there's no way they're serious, bro. That's that's gotta be. Yeah, he looks like Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber, man. That's crazy, man. All right, I gotta get up out of here, man. But what else? I, I want to go down NBA Central one more time because there was just some other stuff today. Uh, this is fun too, by the way, I want to start doing this at the end of the shows, just going down NBA central and reading stuff, man. It's fun. Uh, the Milwaukee bucks are potential suitors for Bradley Beal per Shams Sharania. Who would they have to trade to take on that massive contract? Holy hell. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs are not picking up the phone on potential number one draft pick offers. I wouldn't pick up the phone either. The Indiana Pacers are a team to keep an eye on for Kyle Kuzma. Ugh. If he ends up in Indiana, man, he's... Bro, how mad would you be if you were Kyle Kuzma? You can tell he's mad that he went to the Washington Wizards. Because he, he, he like... Bro, he wasn't even trying half the time. If he ends up in Indiana, he's going to be like, dude, he might retire. He might If he gets traded to Indiana or, or... I guess he's a free agent. Is he a free agent? 300 people, only 70 likes. It's fraudulent behavior. 
Yeah, do me a favor, man. Close out the chat and hit the like button, please. I would appreciate that very much. Uh, the streams get pushed, you know, through the algorithm when you hit the like button. It just is what it is. Yeah, I guess that's really it, man. I'm going to get up out of here. There will be some clips posted. There will be some videos moving forward. We're back on track. We're back in the zone. Uh, I was just a little bit mentally out of it for a couple of days. I needed a break. needed to focus on things that I needed to focus on. Thank you all for the support again. Thank you all for for understanding. Uh, and, uh, you know, you guys are the best, man. You know, it's not just it's not just listeners. It's not just YouTube subscribers. I mean, you guys are real people that have been watching me for years. And, you know, if you were in the same situation, I would I would listen to you also. So thanks for hearing me out on the situation. And we're going to get it done. We're going to get it taken care of. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been an episode of Run It Back Philly. We covered a bunch of things in this episode. I'm going to go through and pick out some fun stuff that I want to make clips and things like that. Uh, yeah, man. Stay positive and stay in the gym. That's what you got to do. You got to work out, man. <laughs>